The following is a hoop ball presentation. Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to another edition of Round Ball Ramble. That's right, Round Ball Ramble Hoop Ball presentation. I'm your host Corbin Ford. Follow me on Twitter at Corbin NBA. Make sure to check out the fine folks of Hoop Ball. As I always say, literally every show online hoop dash ball dot com on Twitter at Hoop Ball Tweets. Uh, literally, the fantasy content you get is top notch. If I was using it more, I'd be acing my fantasy team instead of looking and then ducking because that is where I'm at right now. Uh, but let's get started without further ado. Got good friend, frequent contributor here. Y'all know him. We all love him. Justin Matcham, host of the Cavs Central Pod, uh, just all around NBA guy. Follow him on Twitter at JustinMatch26. Justin, how are you doing? And sorry for those Cavs. <sighs> you know what? <laughs> I accept your apology, but it, it's not a bad night here. Um, yeah, the Cavs just uh, just lost to the Lakers. Um, but you know, you can't even really again. Like, you you can't be disappointed with that. Like I was I was saying before we we came on here recording. You know this this must be how as a, as a Cavs fan, I'm, I'm finally realizing how Toronto fans felt all those years in the playoffs, watching LeBron just hit ridiculous shot after ridiculous shot after ridiculous shot after ridiculous shot. Um, yeah, yeah. You have him just pull up from the logo, you know, splash, um, you know sidestep, you know, with Okoro playing pretty much perfect defense, splash, uh, you know, take another shot, splash. Um, <laughs> and then at that point, like the last one, it was just, you know, had, had an ISO kind of in the short corner. It's like it, the moment he touched the ball, you knew he was shooting it, and he knew that there was 0% chance that it was going to fall anywhere, but directly through the center of the rim. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean – it, it, the Celtics. You can't be you can't be disappointed with the night uh, for the Cavs. Oh no, their effort was uh, beyond amazing. They played with a lot of fight. Uh, Andre Drummond did damage. Colin Sexton kept drawing constant attention. You know as he attacked the rim. Uh, like you said, LeBron. Uh, LeBron ultimately just hit the Cavs with that. Uh, Cleveland, this is for you special. I mean, he just he just, and the funny thing is there's some stuff making his rounds on Twitter. I don't know if you've seen it yet, Justin, but I saw it when it happened, but I didn't really think too much of it. I thought it was like a friend of his, but apparently a fan had said something at the end of the third quarter that LeBron like, oh, really? like looked to or turned to. Yeah, it, it showed the Lakers, like it showed like LeBron missing. You know how just before the quarter ends it kinda of zooms in on a player and he just looked yeah. at him like See, that's mm-hmm. always a mistake. That is always a mistake. Yeah, Especially so, when it's LeBron James. Yes, you need you need to check that out. Rob tweeted something on Twitter, um, kind of basically taking a clip, and you can see LeBron like look back, like like what? And then he nodded his head, like okay, and then he looked back again and said something, and then just kept walking to the bench. Fourth quarter, LeBron by himself outscored the Cavs twenty-one to nineteen. So, um, there you go for oh, that. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> like there, there you go for that. Um, whoever that fan was, we didn't see you. You're very fortunate for that, but uh. What you're not fortunate is that they did sell LeBron, clearly react, and, like, the fact – you couldn't even script that way. Like, he looked, clearly. And then, like, next thing you know, bam, bam, bam. Uh, for the record, 46 points. <laughs> 46 points on 73% shooting. 
7 of 11 from 3, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He actually can, he saved just a god-awful game from Anthony Davis. 17 points, 10 rebounds, 4 assists. Doesn't look too bad until you look. He was 5 of 16 from the field, 0 of 3 from 3. Um, JaVale McGee was putting the lockdown on him. Andre Drummond was definitely doing that work. I mean, he was out of sorts. And Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope had a bad game, 3 of 10 from the field. Only ones who really brought anything, it felt like, for the Lakers was Schroeder, who was pretty, who was pretty decent in the game, uh, Montres Harrell off the bench, and Kyle Kuzma, who, although he only had four points, I mean, his effort, the rebound, and the constant taps, a couple of blocks, like, the guy, the guy made his presence felt. Yeah, he, he definitely made an impact out there on the floor, you know, was really, really active on the boards as well, um, you know, it's not all about, you know, how he shot from the floor. No. It's, he did a lot of other things right. Exactly, exactly, and so, I guess, I Looking at this Cavs team, and and they've won me over. I was telling you this before we came on. The way that they took care of the Nets both times, the way that they've just kind of had this passion, this kind of fire, the spirit. Um, I'm not saying rah-rah. I'm just saying in terms of, like, really good ball. They're not going to go away. They're not going to get rolled over. The Lakers are up several times uh, pretty comfortably, at least early in the game. And the Cavs were not going to be rolled over, um, ultimately. And they, and they came back and, and really made it a, a tight one for them. And so... Looking at this Cleveland team, uh, as crazy as it is to say this, is it too soon to start thinking they might be a playoff team? See, I've been kind of kicking that around, you know, the same as you are. Um, mm-hmm. Again, we're, we're just going to sweep that little Celtics game under the rug. You know, Yeah, like, that never happened. What Celtics game, dude? Like, the Cavs haven't played the Celtics this year. It just didn't happen. But No, um, no never. Yeah, I mean, you look at – and this, this team – the weird thing about this team is they just have so many different directions they could go. You know, Kevin Love has hardly even played for him. He's going to be back soon. You know, what do you do with him? You know, do you, do you find a trade for him? Do you just kind of reintegrate him into the same role that he had before? Like, I'm not really sure what you do exactly right now. Um, you look at the center spot. You have Jared Allen, JaVale McGee, Andre Drummond. What do you do there? Uh, you know, JaVale McGee is the obvious candidate to get moved. Um we can talk about that in a minute, actually. I'd, I'd like yeah. to talk about that a little bit. But, um, you know, what do you, I think Jared Allen is obviously here to stay. That's the reason they trade for him in the first place. But what do you do with Andre Drummond? It's, it's kind of a predicament because if you trade him, you know, it, it, this team really, I think, for as much of a, you know, bang their head against the wall type of player as he is, yeah, this team really does need him if they want to really <laughs> compete. And it, the way this team is playing right now, again, mm-hmm. you, you look at these you know, these past three games against the Nets and the Lakers, like, this team plays really, really, really hard. And, you know, everybody likes to talk about, oh, they're, they're you know, such a horrible offensive team. They have 29th offensive rating in the league, blah, 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 blah. Like, you can't even – you cannot count that. This team was playing with Dean Wade at the shooting guard. Sign maker at small forward. <laughs> Damian Dodson at point guard on a bum ankle. Like, this team is finally getting all of their pieces back, and that's why the the defense was or the offense was so horrible for you know as long as it was because Andre Drummond was the only option for the offense, and, and yeah. I still think he kind of gets the ball you know a little bit more than maybe he should, but oh, you know yeah. the, the Cavaliers have been able to rely on him this year. Um, you know he's been good on the defensive end. He still you know makes some boneheaded plays. Uh, we saw late in the game tonight, you know, and it wasn't just late in the game. It was throughout the entire game, just boneheaded plays, you know, missed bunnies. But, you know, despite it all, he's still been a very, very impactful player. So, 
because looking at what the team does moving forward, it is just complicated because if you if you trade him, then you really are, you may as well just bottom out the season, I think. Because yeah. you know, and maybe not bottom out, because you still have a chance to, you know, compete in games. But you're well, not really going anywhere without him. You're yeah, fall off. Um so, you know, do you keep him and lose him at the end of the season? Because that's the thing. If you keep him, I still don't really think that this is, he's going to be here past this season. You have Jared Allen. You're going to have to pay him this offseason. Andre's going to want a lot of money. I think there's probably going to be a team out there that gives it to him. So, you know, you're not going to commit that much money to these two guys. I just don't think – it's it's weird. Because if the Cavaliers truly do feel like they're in the playoff race, then they probably keep them. If if they do kind of start to fall off, which it's not looking yet like they're going to, no. then I think they just kind of write off the season with them. I mean, it's fair enough to, to think that, too. I mean, the way, like you said, they've played, he's been really solid. He is a part of this identity. I mean, just over tonight, I mean, he gave the Lakers problems. 25 points, 17 boards. He's played like that. You're right. It does bring interesting conundrum, just knowing his long-term future, you know, at 27 and kind of where he fits in with these guys. But, like, right now, you can't argue with the immediate impact that he brings to the table. And, yeah, that puts him in an interesting spot. But right now, I mean, I look at the Cavs, and I like them better than I like the Magic right now. You know, Magic, by the way, did uh, beat the Hornets 117-108. Uh, big game by Nikola Vucevic, uh, 28 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists. But they're still kind of really in it. A good game from Cole Anthony. He had a career-high 21 points. But, I mean, the lack of a, a, a consistent playmaker like they had to be Evan Fournier was, is is a nice boon if you're Evan Fournier fan. Uh, anyone who attended SBC with me knows I am not. But in general, um, like, I think that that's – this the the magic just kind of shifting for a second is not a team I'm confident in moving forward long term. I just don't like what they look like as far as consistent offense from these guys. When you're running a lot of your offense from guys who are I think overmatched in that role. So if I'm comparing the two, I'm looking at Cleveland and you see the way they're playing and it seems sustainable at least through this year with Andre Drummond. Like yes, you have an issue moving into the next season because you know how much of it was his impact alone. And you like you said you have. Um, a nice log jam of big guys with Larry Nance, with um, Jared Allen, with Kevin Love returning. So it's not like this is no small little problem, but uh, why not get the wins while you while you can? Yeah, especially again if you, if you are a team that feels like you at least have a shot at you know getting to that playing spot, then with a team like this that's you know still so young and still has that young core in place, why not go for it with these guys if if they're ready to you know make a run at it. Even if it does take the help from, you know, a little bit of a veteran boost, I think you you give these guys that first kind of taste of real competitive basketball, especially for as bad as they've been the past couple of years. Yeah, um, exactly. Give them them that look. Oh, but I did want to say you you brought up, huh? Go ahead. Oh, no, you you brought up a potential some trade talk. I wanted to hear what you were going to bring up. Oh, yeah. I just wanted to say too quickly on the magic. Oh, yeah, for Um, sure. I just I feel so bad for them because yeah. any little glimmer of hope that they get uh, tears its ACL um, between <laughs> Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz. You know, like Jonathan Isaac is you know such like the, the centerpiece for the team moving forward. And they just can't stay healthy, and then this season it's like, man, Markel Fultz, you know, right might really be like a starting point guard in this league. Like this dude looks really really good. The, the Magic are four and zero, and then he tears his ACL. Like it's just. A, a, an unfortunate situation. And I think that both of those guys can come back and be fine, uh, assuming that they can stay healthy. But, um, yeah, it, it's it's not I, – I, it's hard to feel like this is all, you know, on 
the magic from a front office standpoint because just yeah, I mean, you know, two of the best, better moves that they've made as an organization, bringing in Jonathan Isaac and making a trade for Marco Holtz. I mean, there's nothing you can do about torn ACLs. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's not something you can kind of remedy against, especially off the bat. But, yeah, uh, anyway, looking at some of the, you know, the trades, I wanted to talk about the JaVale McGee trade in general. And uh, I would just like to say that uh, the Cavalier Central podcast has been on this uh, far more or far earlier than uh, the reports have. You heard but, it uh, first, folks. You heard it there first. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole Javale McGee to the Nets thing is now officially real. Um, that the, you know those two sides have had conversations. I just I'm interested to hear what you have to say, and I'm I'm gonna have a little bit more of this whole thing too. I don't just mean to make this a whole Cavs podcast. No, let's but, do. Uh, it. I mean, listen, we just let's. I'm I'm fine. <laughs> let's go where the flow we're takes. Just, we're just going out here. Exactly. Um, Rambo ramble, y'all. Rambo ramble. We're just, yeah. But um, anyway, obviously the, the Nets have the disabled player exception from Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, in his season-ending partial ACL tear. Oh, I see where you're going with it. Uh-huh. See, with how a disabled player exception works is you can acquire a player, I believe, either on a one-year deal or trade for a player in the final year of his contract, assuming that their salary fits into that disabled player exception. Mm-hmm. Guess who is in the last year of his deal, whose salary fits into the Brooklyn Nets disabled player exception? Let me guess, Mr. Wow, really, Javale McGee, Mr. McGee. Guess what team just traded away Jared Allen and now has a gaping hole at center that he would fill perfectly. It really is, and I think wow. DeAndre Jordan has been just bad this year. Like, the dude's a good yeah. quality bet. Like, he, he's vocal, and, you know, he he does some things while he's a lob threat. I guess he's still sort of a show of a rim protector at this point. But, and, and in the playoffs, I think you, you have guys like Jeff Green who can help you out there a little bit as well mm-hmm. as far as that's probably more of your 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 small ball five. Yeah. More in the playoffs. And uh, I had mentioned to you on, in the DMs, you know, that I think this team would be, you know, wise to bring in a guy like Rondé Hollis Jefferson as well. You did. So that was that beautiful thing. Yeah, who, who just kind of fits again into that small ball five rule, but I think they're really going to rely on pretty heavily in the playoffs. I just think they're going to have to, um, at least as currently constructed. But again, you know, shores up those defensive problems. And um, overall, again, you know, just the reunion, it all makes too much sense. But, um, the one head scratcher here for me is why they signed Norvell Tell. Norvell Tell was set to go to the G League with the Canton Charge this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, they signed him to what I'm assuming. I don't think the signing is official yet. At least it wasn't as of earlier today. But um, I, I'm assuming, you know, an end of season contract. Um, it just seems like, and I'm not sure exactly what's going on with guys like Dwayne Head, Dwayne Deadman, and John Henson. Like those are guys that obviously, you know, most yeah. of the, at least NBA Twitter likes. But, um, I mean, there's, mm-hmm. there's, it seems like there's a reason that these guys haven't been signed yet, especially if, you know, the Nets are, you know, going after a guy like Norvell Pell. But it's funny <laughs> yeah. to me that um, that they, they, they sign a guy like that. So and I, and I, they have three open roster spots now. They have two after the Pell signing. But it, it's strange to me that they go after a guy like that who doesn't really seem – like hey, the guy's like 27, 28 at this point. Yeah. So it's not, you know, you're bringing him in as a, as a project. Great upside. And it's not like I don't really see where he fits into the rotation either. Like in the playoffs, I guess he has a little bit more of that veteran savvy than a guy like Reggie Perry. But are you really going to rely on either of them? 
in the playoffs, like neither of them are going to play. And right now it seems to me like I would rather just give Reggie Perry the experience than, you know, give those minutes to Norvell Pell, who I don't know if he's going to do that much more with them. Yeah, and also where, like you said, his long-term fit, because 27 he's not old, but I mean, if you're going to compare him to someone like uh, a Deadman or, or a Henson, who are, you know, yeah, early to, to, to mid-30s, I guess, but like you're not getting, there's not a big difference in terms of ceiling between those guys, especially when you have a guy in Reggie Perry, who I think has been pretty solid for them. Yeah, Reggie Perry, putting it, Reggie Perry looks like a rookie out there. Um, He's been okay. As good as a marginal big man, I mean, I'm sorry. Like, I don't see the the upgrade. I I should I should clarify a little bit better. You're right. Like, like I'm not saying he's someone who's holding it down per se, but are you really going to get something from Pell that you don't have from Perry? Well, this is where I put on the uh, the you know big you know kind of conspiracy thinker hat here. Okay. I don't know if you, if you've seen any of like the the Nets trade rumors here as of late, but um, again, we we just keep looping the Cavs right back in here. But <laughs> have you seen? And I just want to hear your initial reaction to the Nets having interest in trading for Kevin Love. Okay. Now I did see something like that on Facebook, but because following the NBA in any capacity on Facebook is living dangerously. I did not take it seriously, especially, huh? <laughs> I, was, I was just laughing at that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. I, I've seen some crazy things up there. So I'm on it because, like, you know, NBA junkie, you got to get your fix somewhere. But at the same time, I'm like, uh, what? And it was just this regular guy saying, oh, rumor has it that Brooklyn is interested in Kevin Love without any, like, source or who gave it to you. So I'm like, eh, whatever. And I thought about it for a split second. And that's it. I just, I mean, I, I, it does make, it does make sense, in, I guess, in terms of having a big who is used to not touching the ball a lot, but when he is, can knock down threes, can rebound a little bit. You aren't going to upgrade on defense, anyway. you guys, the, I mean, the Nets, they're, they're pretty bad on that end in general. But my mind goes to how would that even work as a construct? Like, you'd have to get rid of DeAndre, wouldn't you? You would, and just before we get into that, I just yeah, want an ungodly yeah. amount of salary that this team would have on its books, tied up to four freaking players. Looking Yo. at Kevin Love making thirty-one, thirty-one, and twenty-nine the next three years, um, James Harden making forty-one, forty-four, and forty-seven, assuming the option to his player option, uh, KD making forty, forty-two, uh, Kyrie making thirty-three and a half, thirty-five, like Jeez. that's. <laughs> a lot of money to tie into four players. Sure enough is. But, uh, this is where I kind of get into that, though, with the Nets. And, like, I, I heard that either this morning or yesterday, and I just kind of brushed it off, like, well, that's stupid. Like, why on earth would the Nets do that? How on earth would the Nets do that? Mm-hmm. But then I really got to thinking about it. Of course. You could do, like, okay, so think about it. Like, Spencer Dinwiddie, okay. DeAndre Jordan, and, like, you know what? Let me let me look at something real quick. I'm gonna fire up the uh, the trade machine. Fire up the trade machine. We firing it up. Speaking of uh, that, I, I'm, have, I'm, uh, I have to confirm that the salaries work here. Okay. Why why you do that? I'm gonna uh, let the listeners know. Uh, we got a new little segment, new little show feature. So so far, you know, I'm I got Fridays where I try to get uh my man Will Harris on to kind of recap some of the week. But Thursdays, because I've just seen so many of them, and I have to just get it out into the void. 
We're going to have our little uh, trade Thursdays. It's going to be a little feature we do because I see a lot on Trade NBA, and I, I spend my lunchtime because I, I don't really have that much of a life, I know. I spend my lunchtime looking at some of these trades that are done, and we're talking like the most outlandish trades. One had me howling at my job, and it was like I spent – I'm sorry for this poor person who wrote this, but the person said, basically, I spent over an hour putting these two deals together. What do y'all think? And basically was trading Damian Lillard uh, in, a, in a convoluted trade that involved Ben Simmons and Kevin Herter. And I just howled. So I want to get into some of these. Um, why not make it fun? The trade Thursday kind of has a little ring to it that I like. So that's going to be something that you can expect uh, dropping on Thursdays for sure. But uh Speaking of the trade machine, let's roll it back over to Justin. You found something fired up? Yeah. So and I, this couldn't be done technically until – because Tyler Johnson is trade eligible. Oh, okay. Right now, they get... just signed him recently. Yep. But listen to this. So you have Tyler Johnson, who yeah. is in, in your rotation. Mm-hmm. Spencer Dinwiddie, who isn't in your rotation. Mm-hmm. May never play for you again if he outside of his contract. Maybe he opts in. Well, I'll yeah. have to see. DeAndre Jordan, who has just been flat out bad and is under contract for like $30 million Insane. this season. In Insane contract. Yeah. And Landry Shamit, who's not shot the ball well this year. No. For Kevin Love. Okay. Now, I mean, Kevin Love and is. Then, and uh-huh. then you trade for JaVale McGee. And then it makes a little bit of sense to have Norvell Pell there. Because you you take DeAndre Jordan out of the fold. Like, it doesn't make total sense, but it makes some. Yeah, because you're not going to get a whole lot of minutes from JaVale. You're getting, like, 20, 25 tops, if that. Um, then there is some more big man room in that rotation. Kevin Love can play the, the five, obviously. For, yeah, I mean, there is more flexibility there. My one question is that, I mean, you're looking at Jeff Green to definitely play more of the 3-4 than the 4-5 if you have Kevin Love there. And also, while some of these guys you've mentioned have not been good in terms of play, uh, would they not be part of the Nets' depth? That Or you would just say, hey, we're going to go basically the, the playoff depth. rotation. Screw okay. the depth. Okay. We don't care about depth at all. Buyout guys and all is what you're thinking? Yeah, yeah. Sign, I, I don't know. You, you, you don't make this move because you care about depth. You make this move solely with four players in mind, I guess five with, with Joe Harris. And, you know, we'll be nice to Bruce Brown and TLC. They've been fine this year, too. But, yeah, you, you keep your important guys, screw the rest. DeAndre Jordan, you're not good. Landry Shamit, you're, you haven't been good. Uh, Tyler Johnson, we can find another Tyler Johnson in free agency. Mm-hmm. You, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie hasn't been playing. Screw the depth. We're going all in. Okay. Not saying the Nets should do that. I'm just saying that's the rationale behind it. That's something that, yeah. I mean, listen, if you're trying to go and maximize their window, I say you do. You know, I mean, I don't remember teams we looked at that goes, wow, you know, such a such great depth, you know, on their way to, to, to winning it all. You know, you've had a good group of guys that go 7-8, and I think with the Nets you'd have that. Um, you still have guys like Joe Harris, like you said, TLC, and guys that have, you know, been very serviceable players and have moments. And that's all you need, especially when you're building your team literally around James Harden, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not super major rocket science here to find the perfect group of guys going to fit around two, three guys that can pretty much handle the team by themselves, much less all together. Yeah. And by the way, like 
I'm assuming like the Cavaliers probably don't request any draft capital back in this trade. Like I think no. getting a young player like Landry Shamit is a major win for the Cavs as far as the Kevin Love trade goes. So, you know, you're not losing any draft capital here. The Nets would still be in a position to pull off a JaVale McGee trade. Like yeah. a second round pick is probably all it would take. So you can head into that rotation as well. I mean, you know, that's true. Like, and you're getting off the Kevin Love's contract and that's the most important thing. Yeah, I'm not saying it makes sense for Brooklyn. I'm saying it makes more sense than it does at very first glance. No, I get you. I actually, coming from. I can see why like there's actually like some traction out there for this. I, I could see it. I mean, I don't know if I'd give away the whole barn, and I guess you don't really have a way with doing it without without giving that up. But at the same time, like if you're, you're trying to fully maximize it. What are you waiting on? Like, why keep the powder dry? Like, go all out. And so, if this elevates you and you have just a record-breaking offense, because your defense is going to be rough, but, like, you have so much potential on the floor, everyone can convert a bucket inside or out, and you can get lineups like that, that's hard. That puts a lot of stress on defense, and there's something to be said for that, and especially if you can at least, like, collectively pull together stops. You know what I mean? Like, I, you got to go all in on that. And it would help with the size issue. And I think that's their biggest thing, even more so than their lackluster, just horrible defense. It's having a lack of size on on the floor, especially when three of your guys, I mean, your biggest one is, is, is Kevin Durant out of those guys. And, you know, Kevin Durant is not that type of player, even less so since the injury in terms of really getting down there. So, yeah, I'm with you on that. It makes, it makes perfect sense to me. I, 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 I guess we'll have to stay tuned and see what goes. I guess I still don't think it'll happen. I think the JaVale McGee trade is probably inevitable at this point. But, um, yeah, just, I mean, back to LA. Back to LA. Why not? Oh, we can't come back to LA because we just traded. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. LA, Anyways, fine. Uh, LA does not need him. You have enough. Yeah, we, we, Be happy. <laughs> Listen, we, we, we that, that's our guy. No, the Clippers got too much. They got everyone we should have had. <laughs> we we should have had Nick Batum. We should have had um, Serge oh, Ibaka. Oh, Mr. Mr. Nick Batum is washed over there, Corbin. Oh, okay. You called me. I wow. You called me. I, I was remember. a believer, and you shunned me. I, you, yeah, yeah. Okay. Wait. You know, I deserve that call out. <laughs> you just bring all the receipts, don't you? <laughs> oh, man. I right, uh, Before I let you go here, man, this is just a quick kind of fun little discussion. I got to get your take on the MVP so far. I think we're in week five. I'm I'm willing to entertain the conversation now. Uh, I was willing to entertain it earlier when I was promoting Brandon Ingram on Twitter. Uh, don't know where that take came from, but it's disappeared as quick as it came. I'm looking for the tweet to delete it now. But anyways, um, I mean, you got guys like Joel Embiid. You got guys like Nikola Jokic out there. Um, Kevin Durant's put out a very strong case. Uh, for me, though, it, it is LeBron James, and I think it deserves to be LeBron James. But I, I, if not just the numbers, I think you, you take the narrative aspect. I already made this up what, last year. That is the stats, narrative, win, loss, and just like public eye. And I think LeBron right now checks all those boxes. He definitely does for me. It's time to have the annual discussion of should LeBron be the MVP every year? And the answer is always, yeah, probably, but we're not going to give it to him. Yeah, uh, I think it's probably the same case this year. I, LeBron, I don't think he's going to win MVP this year. I still think he's the best player in the league. And, I mean, he's, he still proves that basically night in, night out. But at mm-hmm. the same time, it's a regular season, you know, achievement award. It's not about, you know, who's the most talented player. It's about, you know, who produces the most during the regular season. And the guys like 
Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid in particular have been fantastic. Yeah. Um, Kevin Durant has as well. I was going to say, notice I didn't bring up either Kawhi Leonard or Paul George. That was specific. Paul George, I think, is like, I don't think it's going to last at this level. No. But Paul George is kind of in the conversation as well. Like, no, he's Paul not. George no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, but you definitely I can't right. have a serious to. Paul George conversation with a Laker fan. It's just not possible. No, the slander is too real. No, <laughs> but you're right. He really has. Like you said, how sustainable is it? Do I see it like that top three OKC where he was pretty strong through most of the year before injury? I don't think it's going to be injury. I just don't think he can keep up this like hot level. Like right now, both him and Kawhi Leonard are going 50, 40, 90. Yeah. And I that, think you know, Kawhi Leonard going to take his games off. Um, and that's kind of my fear with Joel Embiid as well, is that at some point, you know, some sort of injury is going to flare up and he's going to miss some time and he's just going to kind of coast for a little bit maybe. That leaves me with Nikola Jokic. And I think there's a chance that it might finally be the year. Well, well you say, okay, real quick, I got to push back. You say finally, what year should he have won it, if not this year? Well, I'm not saying that he should have won it. Oh, that you just will. It's like it's just finally the year that he puts it all together and gets Okay. Season. Okay, I got you. I'm like, wait a second. I'm not, He's not some saying MVP so. loser here. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. Cool, cool. Okay, we good. Like, uh, Christ- to be fair, like Giannis is still going to be firmly into the discussion as well. Like, yeah, that he's guy still been great. Like, I don't think he's been like I don't think he deserves to be in the top five as of right now. And frankly, I don't think he's going to win it this year purely based off of voter fatigue. Yeah, like if you go out there and drop you know 35 a game. And they still wouldn't give it to him just because they've given it to him the past two years. It's just kind of how NBA MVP voting works. But I think he's he's gonna you know end up right there in that race as well. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's 2021. Shoot better than 58 percent from the free throw line, and then come talk to me. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. I'm just playing. But no, I'm with you. I think a lot of it is fatigue. The numbers they surely do speak for themselves. 27 points. Uh, 10 rebounds, 5 assists a game, but he's had a lot of clunkers, and I mean, his narrative hit's already taken a knock. Like, yeah, the numbers will hold out for a bit, uh, but as far as how they're looking, I mean, ugh. 10 and 6, lackluster, you know, second in the East, that just tells you how weird the East is after how stacked it was supposed to be. It's been such a weird year. Plus, you've had a pretty strong season so far from Chris Middleton and Andrew Holiday as well. Obviously, the main guy is Giannis, but I don't know if it's the way he's been deployed. He just looks less, like, he just looks less effective. Like, he is effective. He just doesn't look as effective, in my mind. Like, from the eye test, you know? I guess a part of that is just because Chris Middleton, in particular, has been so good this year. And Drew Holiday is there as well. I mean, I mean together, they've all been, you know, the, I mean, they're the Bucs. We know what they're going to bring this regular season. I think the Bucs will figure it out in the, in the playoffs as well. Um, yeah. They get past this Brooklyn team. Maybe, maybe not. But um, I, I don't think that this team is going to run into some of, like, the, the – especially in the last offseason, you know, really tragic problems they ran into. I think that, you know, Drew Holiday isn't the best guy in the world to alleviate those problems, but he definitely helps. Yeah, and, uh, and that will be enough of an impact for them. I'm looking forward to seeing it because we've seen some uh, epic collapses from these uh, from these bucks. But real quick, final thing. Before I, go, one team, huh? I was going to say, if you had to pick one team – to, as of right now, who looks like they could make, like, an epic collapse. Who is it? Is it the Nets? I mean, it has to be. I, no, I'm still going to say Clippers. Really? I'm, I'm, I'm still going to say Clippers. Because to say the Nets, for me, is 
it's almost like low hanging fruit. Like they can have epic collapse, but we haven't really seen the them Clippers all. are not low hanging fruit. Well, listen, listen. <laughs> well done. No. What I mean to say is that, like, for me, we haven't even seen it. I could see if the Nets had some sustained success right now. It's all on paper, and they're gelling so. For me to have a collapse, they'd have to have built it to something. So I don't see it yet. Right now, we have the idea of what the Nets could be, but that's more like playing 2K right now. And then they collapse. Like, well, you had James Harden, KD, and, and Kyrie, but we haven't seen how they mesh. You know what I mean? Like, once that happens and they go on, like, a let's say, seven-game winning streak, really see them, and then, you know, they have a decent close to the season, then they fall apart, then, to me, they've collapsed from this whatever height they are. But right now, they're just a team that looks really good, but then you find them in, in dogfights with teams that you think they would be wiping the floor with, you know? Uh, with the Clippers, for me, I mean, mind you, they have definitely been a lot more keeping their heads down, doing, I gotta say, I appreciate that, because last year, I, they, they just they just put their foot in their mouths, and they did that all the time. But in this case, you say, hey, you got these two guys in KD Kyrie. You, I mean, not KD Kyrie. You have these two guys in Paul George and Kawhi. You have a great um, supporting cast in terms of guys like uh, the previously washed, but now on a winning team decides to play, Nicholas Batum and Serge Ibaka. You have a quote-unquote coaching upgrade with Ty Lue over Doc Rivers. So, yeah, if you collapse on this case after you said, oh, we've gotten our locker room better and everything else, then, then, then what's your excuse now? That's a collapse for me. That's fair. I still think the Clippers are going to be pretty dang good in the playoffs this year. I think Paul George is going to get it figured out. I, I, I'm still, I'm, I'm team Paul George here. Um, I, I like the guy. I like. I'm the so way he surprised. Plays. I think, I think he gets way, 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 way too much hate that's undeserved, and I think he's really good. But um, yeah, that's that's neither here nor there. Um, hey, I, listen, I get you going up for your stand. I mean, I, I, I feel you sticking up for the fan there. I mean, that's nice. It's a guy who, who plays well. And listen, I'm not going to give you any flag when he has another disappointing second round exit. I won't do it. I promise. Just because we're good friends. Well, I'm just saying, with the way Nick Nick Batum is playing. Oh, wow. Don't rub it in anymore. Okay. Nick Batum could carry this team. You never know. Oh, just my kidding. gosh. Yeah, come in, come in the, just come in on a a train of hot threes, and we're like, what are you doing, bro? Where was this in Charlotte? Because, yeah, we get injuries happen, but, like, huh? I was going to say, the thing was, like, the dude was playing in Charlotte. Like, they were bad. Like, yes, he was making money, and he looked kind of slow, but, like, I... I, We we looked done. He he was doing a Boris Dial in Charlotte. He was, exactly. He was doing a Boris Dial in Charlotte. Like, he just didn't give a crap because he was in Charlotte, and then he went somewhere that mattered, and he played well. And now he wants to get a ring. Just for that, he doesn't deserve one. No, like, I'm playing. <laughs> and, and the thing is, like, I really do just feel like it's not like he played so horribly, and, like, he just, you know, he, he couldn't move, and it looked like, you know, he's back. Like, it, it didn't look like he was just some ancient figure out there. It just looked like he was disengaged, and, like, he didn't, like, it's not like he did anything wrong. It's that he didn't do anything, period. And now he's yeah. kind of doing stuff, and he's still got a little bit of juice. I mean, yeah, you're right about that. It, it shows. I mean, he's come through really big for them, been a great connector for them. One of their most important players, I'd argue he's been their third most important player after the two in Kawhi and PG. Wouldn't you agree? I don't know if he's been their third most important player, but he's Who definitely been play? an important piece Surge. for them. I think Serge is still there. And honestly, you could argue Zubats as well. Um Oh, I, yeah. After Zubats left the Lakers, he, he doesn't exist to me, so I won't argue that. 
<laughs> he should still be on our squad. What were we thinking? From Mike Muscala? Are you kidding me? I'm still enraged, man. I'm still triggered. You had to get off that uh you had to get off that Michael Beasley contract for Dude, no I no reason. I would have kept Beasley. <laughs> what, what what did Beasley do to us? What what can Brown do for up. you? Why didn't they, I don't understand why they didn't just wave Beasley. No, especially we need a young center. And even though we're going to give the entire farm away a year later, you know, for for AD, that would have been someone we could have kept after giving literally everyone else away. Like, what in the world? I I don't understand it. Okay, real quick, last thing. Top three in MVP. Go, Justin. Top three. Nikola Jokic, right now, Joel Embiid, and LeBron. With Kevin Durant right there to replace any of those three that fall out. Wow. I'm going to go. I really, really wanted to say LeBron to AD 1 and 2, but the way AD's been playing, I'd lose all of my basketball validity here. So I'm going to say LeBron, then I'm going to say Embiid, and then I'm going to say Jokic. Just for now. This is. In that huh? conversation too. Huh? Do you have Markeith Morris in that conversation? Do you have Kevin oh. Contavious Caldwell-Pope <laughs> in that conversation? Hey, hey listen, Alex Caruso statistically is one of the best three-point shooters in the league. So he might be top mm, 15. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, no, I'm I'm all the way good on that one. All right, oh, Justin. Way, you see that, uh, before we get out of here, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm trying to help. Huh? Play. You see the NBA might actually play an all-star game after all? I did see us talked about them going to Atlanta. Thank you for bringing it up. That is the new segment here that I need. What do you think about that? Because I mean, having a year with we did well, we didn't have All Star Game last year, did we? Yeah, we did. Oh, well, we did. We did. We did. So I guess you would, it would obviously be socially distanced and everything, but like, I mean, the idea of it is still interesting. We had an All Star Game last year, didn't we? So long. I feel like it's been so long, but I feel like we did. No, I we feel like that was definitely did. We definitely yeah. But um. Anyway, I at first glance, like one, I'm a person that enjoys watching the All Star Game. Not every single game that's played needs to be, you know, a defensive, you know, game. Like, let, let them have fun. Just re- relax and get off of your, you know, oh, it's not real basketball, you know, high horse, and just watch them, watch them have fun. That's like, what I like Timberwolves. <laughs> I'm with you. Like who defense? You don't need defense all the time. With that, let me fire in Minnesota. Huh? We don't like watching the Tim Wolves. But um, <laughs> anyway, I, I at first thought, you know, it's like, hey, you want to see the All Star game? Like the All Star All Star weekend is always fun. Mm-hmm. My biggest question though is, with all these games that have been postponed at this point, where are they going to put those? Because I originally thought that that was going to be at All-Star Weekend or like that kind of All-Star break that they were going to kind of try to get some of those in. Mm. And even if that wasn't the plan, it seems like that time could be used for a break that might be really well, like much needed for some of these teams. Mm-hmm. So, like, do you just, you know, say skip the break or do you do schedule games there? Or obviously, if you're going to put an All-Star game in there, you don't schedule games for around then. Exactly. What's the exact plan here? The logistics of it would be interesting. You're right. Like, how do you make that all come together in a way that's beneficial without being destructive, you know, for for the the case of outbreaks and continue to miss games? You know? I don't know. I think you have that. Do you just isolate the All-Stars? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't sound fun at all. And it's not at all a break for them. So you're right. You have to do it in a way that is... It's going to take a lot more thought and nuance than I have to the table. I'll tell you that right now because you're right. It's going to be different in terms of where you bring people. You know, it's definitely not going to be the 
the show uh the show the game of shows or the show of 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 years past where you know you do have the peers and everyone sitting you know in line in line all that good stuff and most of them i think would rather want to be home if they could but like yeah how would you how would you make that happen it's it's i don't know you would think that you maybe have like one like as you take games let's say you know you have like lakers and the clippers or something like go to Atlanta and get there like a two game set and then those guys the rest can just kind of go home and then you gotta have the all star stay. I I don't know that doesn't even sound good as it came out. Just make it rookie sophomore weekend. Take out the all star game and let the young guys play. Why not? Jackson oh Jackson Hayes will finally get his time. I'm listen that that yes where has he where has he been That's all I ask. Free Jackson, Jackson. Hayes. Free him. Like, huh? Like, like, he's a horrible fit there, but, like, I don't know. Not the biggest Jackson Hayes guy. I mean, listen, I will always stand for Sideshow Jacks. <laughs> That's his big game. Just such a train wreck now. No, yeah, I mean, right now, what? He's only getting 12 minutes a game, uh, three points and three rebounds, you know? Uh,. Not really hard to say that. I don't know. I don't really know how I feel about him. I'm just, I don't know how I feel about him. I thought that was funny. He made waves about the whole thing last year. But what's funny then is I didn't know how I felt about him then. So it was like, uh, yeah. you know, that's funny. Who are you again? Like, I know who you are. But just in terms of, like, like what are we talking about? It's like me saying, listen, I should be up there with the top sports writer of the world. And it's like, Corbin, do you, do you even write? You know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just so random. It's just funny. Huh? I said, to be fair, you should be. Oh, look, oh, Steve, you know, just what to say to butter me up, man. I appreciate that. I, You know, maybe, maybe I should make a case. You know what? Tomorrow, I'm going on Twitter. I'm putting it out there. <laughs> Tell the right, man. Huh? to F your B because I haven't heard <laughs> you yet. <laughs> Put me on a beat. That's all I ask. Put me on a beat <laughs> right now. <laughs> all right, man, I said I was going to keep you short. I've had you for 40 minutes and now. Uh, listen, thank you again for hopping on me. Uh, listen. Gonna do a little plug here because I just had him on. We just did uh, episode spanning the Spurs. Uh, check that out on Twitter at span the Spurs online, of course. Um, Facebook, Instagram at spanning the Spurs. Check out Justin's podcast, Cav Central Pod, on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, all of that. Check out Justin Justin Match twenty six on Twitter. Listen, the, the basketball takes this dude lives breathes basketball. When it's not NBA, it's college. It, he's all over it. So definitely make sure that you uh. Get in contact with this guy. He's on pods all over. I grab him literally whenever I can. So uh, it's a lot of fun up here. But, Justin, man, thank you for uh, coming on. Appreciate it, as always. Uh, these are always, you know, fun fun podcasts to record. So oh, yeah. always, always happy to hop in here with you, man. Oh, yeah, man, always. We get some good conversations going. So, uh, listen, for Justin, for myself, for HoopBall, HoopDashBall.com, Twitter, HoopBallTweets, we are frosty. Y'all stay frosty, and I will talk to y'all tomorrow. This has been a hoop ball presentation.